money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Good. This morning, she's ready to talk money. <laughs> I am more often than not, well, you, usually. You usually say, yes, you're ready to talk money, except for the odd show here and there, and, and then we make Okay, do. well, you know, it is, I, it, it's my birthday. It's like, not today, but tomorrow it's going to be my birthday. So, you know, should I talk money close to my birthday? Yes, you should. Okay. Yeah, I guess we should. Did you get me a present yet? No. <laughs> We'll talk about that at our financial date. So. This is the show where we talk about the hard issues of money. And guess what? Rebecca's like getting right into it saying, okay, Dave's got to buy me a present for my birthday. No, and I have to be content me. with what I have, actually. And that's a little cue as to what we're talking about today is contentment. Contentment. So we've been doing a little series, the uh, last couple of shows. If you missed last week's show, you can download it on iTunes. You can get it off morethanenough.ca or chri.ca. It's there. And we've really, last week was the beginning of the conversation around the hows and whys of debt. You know, why do we get into debt? Like, what is going on there? And then, you know, how we combat that, what we are going to do to resist the temptation and, and to get it out. And just by way of little recap, last week we talked about some appetites and longings. We, we talked about how debt is, is not a sin, it's a burden, and how God wants us to live free. So that's all I'm going to say about last week's show, except say, hey, go give a lesson. It does set uh, a, a foundation for the next part of the conversation, mm-hmm. which is this week. We're moving into this Envy, coveting. These are some word, big words, Reb, and I know, I know. you're the writer in, in, I know. of the two of us. So give us a little lowdown. What do you mean when, when we look at this whole why we go into debt? Well, I guess I want to start maybe with some verses that talk about contentment. And there's two, one, two contentment verses. I don't know if they're popular or not, but um, one is in Hebrews 13. Um, verse 5, and God says to us, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And that word content in the Greek means to be possessed of unfailing strength, Mm -hmm. to be strong. So if we keep our lives free from the love of money, and we are possessed with an unfailing strength mm-hmm. in that content place because God says he's always going to be with us. He's never leaving us. Our, the answer to contentment is God. I, I love yeah. that God, um, so often we think that, that God is going to give me something, give me stuff, give me peace, give me, what does God give us? Himself. Himself. I know. I love it. It it is, it's, I, and because we can't see him in the flesh, I think it's a little more abstract. And uh, 
you know, and the, this verse isn't just, you know, the ABCs of contentment. The ABC of contentment actually is pursuit of him and pursuit of, of Christ, God, the spirit. It's never like in a box. Mm-hmm. I mean, scripture tells us to seek him, but he doesn't say, okay, if you do these three things, you're going to find him around the corner in the mountain. I mean, if you know the story of Elijah, Elijah pursued and ran and he- heard the wind, the storms, and it was finally in the still small voice that he heard him. It's, that's a profound story. But, I mean, saying all of that, we pursue God. And in, in pursuing him, we find the contentment because he himself has promised himself, like you said. There's another verse, though. It's in Philippians. And Paul writes, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. That one was probably a little more popular. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And this is what I find interesting. Then the verse that we always quote I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Well, the context of that is being content. Mm -hmm. We can be content because he gives us the strength to be content. No matter if we're hungry, no matter if we're full, no matter if we're in adversity or not, he gives us the strength. Because I love context. Mm -hmm. And we use that verse all the time for everything. But the context of this verse is the content piece that you can be content. I mean, how many times do we go out and pray that verse for everything under the sun? Oh, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, what if we said, you don't need that thing. You don't need that brand new truck because God says you can be content. And God says you can be content because he's the one who strengthens you to be content. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible with you, but not with God. I mean, can you imagine if we said that to people? They might not like us because they really want the brand new truck, but Anyway, I just find it those two verses really interesting about contentment and why are we talking about contentment? Because we want to look at why do we get into debt? Because we're not content. Mm -hmm. And what is threatens contentment? Envy, lust, jealousy, greed, coveting. It's it's a fascinating study if you actually go into the definitions of all those words. And none of us like to talk about it because we compare ourselves to our neighbor all the time. And what's fascinating is um, I did this little study on coveting. And coveting is mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And it's only, the, only one of the Ten Commandments that deals with the heart attitude. Because that heart attitude leads to some of the other Ten Commandments. So if we covet, we might In fact, steal. I think it leads to most, most of them. <laughs> so stealing, murder, mm-hmm. adultery, and perjury in particular. So bearing false witness, mm-hmm. if you covet. Now, understand that coveting, you know, you, you, you're working hard and you long to have a house for your family. You know, you, you like that house across the street from your apartment and you just like it and think, that's the kind of house I want. That's not necessarily coveting. That's actually... That's just getting ideas. Getting ideas about house and home. <laughs> but it can turn into coveting when you want that house. Right. When you open house and home and the magazine and you want that house that this couple has, you want that husband that your neighbor has, you want that car because it's so cool. Coveting is very specific and you go after it because it's not wrong to want 
to have a car, to have a nice car where I, because I've prayed for those things sometimes. We drive beat up cars. I'm like, I want a brand new car. It would be so nice. But do I dwell on that? Mm-hmm. Do I want my neighbor's car? Am I going to, you know, steal mm-hmm. because I want that car? That's right. And that, and they're, they're serious issues. And that is what steals our contentment because we're not going to the presence of God. We're going to the stuff that we see. And, and as well, envy and greed and coveting, in a sense, distort our, our, our common sense. You know, nobody, yes. nobody in in the right mind goes. Well, I'm I'm going to go buy that thing and not pay for it. Like you know, again, uh, we we don't do that. But when we start going, wow, I really want that. I really want that. I can't stop thinking about that. How can I get that? And then all of a sudden, it's a slippery slope, and and you've put it on a credit card that you can't pay for, and then eventually it gets written off. And well, what happened to all that? Well, in fact. You didn't pay for something that you bought. By right. definition, it's stealing. that's stealing. So wow. that that's the you know in a sense the progression and and it's wow. it's a little bit innocuous in yeah, our current and culture. I don't think that that's not an easy thing to hear what you Ouch. just said. It does that that one stings. You know if you have you're not paying for something you committed to pay for even by putting it on debt and it gets absorbed somehow and whatever. It, it's a, yeah. Is it a form of stealing? Uh, ew, that's a, ew, ew. <laughs> Rebecca's having a little I revelation <laughs> right here. In the, okay, we're not using credit cards ever again. <laughs> well, we're paying them off, thankfully. Of but, you know, um, yeah. Isn't aren't these subjects? You know, and and envy is related to coveting, mm-hmm. and en- envy is just a feeling of being discontent or resentful. It's a longing aroused by someone else's stuff, mm-hmm. and. And it happens. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's it can be, it can be a can, everything from I wish I had your car to I wish I had your life, right? You know, in the yes, sense of saying, or your husband or your kids. I well, my kids don't act like that. I wish I had your, you know, and I we have to start dealing seriously with these things because I don't mm. think we're talking about it. We've got to stop it and stop comparing ourselves to our neighbors mm-hmm. because God has a calling for each one of us and he has an opportunity for each one of us. And if we're so focused on what we don't have or where we're not at or the stuff of our neighbors, we are not able to fulfill our own calling and purpose and opportunity mm-hmm. to enjoy what God has planned for us to enjoy. Like, and and we know that you know essentially as we come out of that, if we, if we are shooting for something or envying something or coveting something, when we get it, we often go, huh. Well, what's the next thing, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it loses even its its that enjoyment it, it, that that you know I coveted and I worked and I you know and I did all the things I needed to do to get whatever that is, whatever whether it's the life or the house or the car or, or whatever it is, and then we get it and we go, oh, well, well, and you know what else? And then and then if we don't have it, so there's two pieces. While we're talking, I'm thinking of the grumbling piece. Mm. So. We know we can't afford it, and we're not willing to go in for debt for it. So what do we start doing? Grumbling that we don't have what our neighbor has. Mm -hmm. It's complaining. It's what Israel did in the desert. We don't have the food of Egypt anymore. We Woe is us. Mm -hmm. God's presence wasn't enough. 
That's a serious thing. God asks us not to be complainers and grumblers. He asks us to be a grateful generation. In fact, in one of the letters, he says it, it's to it's to shine the light. If we're if we're grumbling and complaining, we're not shining the light of the hope of God. And again, let me encourage you guys, the listeners who who are in the conversation with us, to go. You know, we don't. It doesn't. It doesn't even do our physical body good to be in in a state of complaining, a state of envying, a state of coveting. You know, actually, our physical bodies respond negatively to all of those emotions, and and those are again, those are heart things that that we're that we're dealing with when we're talking about envy and coveting and greed, um, and it sucks the life out of us. It does. And, and I'm not just saying that from Dave Van Oppen here on the radio show. I mean, there is so much science around what these things, uh, how that drains life from us, and there's so much science around what gratitude and contentment, uh, what, what health that brings, even to our physical bodies, right? Yes. It's it's it astounds me, and I come across these uh, these articles. Uh, not um, probably a couple times a year, they come across my desk, and every time I read one, I'm blown away by how what we know from Scripture. What what when the Scripture says, "Be content with what you have, don't envy it from your neighbor," and then science comes in and says, "You know what? You start envying uh, what your neighbor wants, you are going to have a heart attack or whatever. Whatever the the physical manifestation Maybe not immediately, is. Immediately. Oh, <laughs> okay, we won't go there. But amazing how the science actually backs up the scripture, and we go, okay, you know. Well, we all know what it's like to be around someone who's negative and mm-hmm. who sees things as never being enough. And that is the the challenge, is to change the atmosphere in which we live. Mm-hmm. That, no, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a car that does break down. I'm grateful that, that I have a vehicle that I can drive and have to fix. Yes, I may have put a lot of miles on it and I might have to fix it, but we're not realizing how many miles we have put on our vehicle mm-hmm. and that it's a privilege to drive a vehicle. Like, it... It, we've just got to change how we're thinking about, oh, man, groceries are so expensive. Yeah, and I have done my little bit of complaining about that, you know, feeding a family, a big family. But what do you do? You choose to say, man, look what I could buy with the money I had this week. Look at how I'm going to feed my family with all this provision. How amazing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a real shifter. So maybe there's a, a practical, we, we can leave a little practical tip on the gratitude side, because that's mm-hmm. really an antidote to the envy, coveting, and greed, yes. is, is to say, okay, we know that gratitude actually undermines those three, uh, and and it's i in in my opinion it's it's kind of god's secret sauce right when <laughs> when when we have we're we're thankful for the for for how the lord's at work in our life or what we have here in north america um and if you need some help with that maybe just practically at the beginning of the day uh, or maybe at the end of the day probably at the end of the day sit down in a journal pick up your gratitude journal maybe write it across the front my gratitude journal and and write down five things that you're thankful for at the end of the day and then review it the next morning so you remember what you were thankful for last night and, and you can begin your day and being do gratitude. it even if you think you're not happy do it if Oh, don't let the emotion stop you. No, you can't Mm -hmm. because you're going to feel like, yeah, but I'm still thinking I don't have what my neighbor has. 
start the process and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It, you may have some heart issues that you have to deal with that might take talking to your pastor or to your spouse or we're not we're not saying that there aren't some deeper issues because there's all often deeper issues for us but God is the one who heals you and mm-hmm. God is the one who says it's my presence that brings your peace and contentment out of that Hebrews verse and sometimes the 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 emotion around gratitude just isn't there okay right. you but do you know what anyway. I am thankful for the breath that I can breathe in and breathe out I'm thankful for the pen that I can write this down with I'm thank I mean uh, in a sense, the 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 emotion around that um, may come. It, it may not come. That that's that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is is that as we focus on the things that we are grateful for, then all of a sudden we re- what happens to greed and envy and coveting. It, the power's taken away from that. That stuff, just all of a sudden, we go, wait a minute, if I start reading through the list of things, and you know, at the end of, if you do five a day, at the end of a week, you're going to have 35 things you're grateful for. And I think the other one, while you're speaking, is I'm, my girlfriends and I always talk about be present now. Mm. You know, we can look like we're in a moment, but we're our minds are somewhere else. And sometimes we are discontent because we're never satisfied in the moment. We're never focused in on the conversation or the the need or the meal or the joy of your children or relationship because we're thinking, you know, that's, and Dave and I have talked about that for ourselves, you know, work and family and pressures. How do you be present? How do you not be in the next moment? And just being focused and being content in the moment because scripture is clear that he is enough, mm-hmm. that his presence is enough. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. We can find peace and all of all of all of what we need in him mm-hmm. and it's knowing him and having relationship with him which i which i said before it's not a cookie cutter the abc's this is how you do it i mm-hmm. mean it's exploring a relationship just like we do with people yeah and and you know contentment is learned right i mean it yeah. for some people i think there is a, a a natural propensity for sure maybe that's something that they again caught in their childhood and they're just uh, content you know we hear that oh i just have a content baby i mean that does happen got it you know some people just have a a more um content personality okay but contentment is actually is learned as well. Mm-hmm. It's not something. Well, I'm, that's just not me. I'm just not content, and so let somebody <laughs> else be content, and I'm not going to be. Now you can learn that. So take some again, just a real quick. Uh, doesn't take long. At the end of a day, write down five things that you're content with. Review it the next morning, and and you'll see now. Uh, uh, how that contentment can be learned and and you can foster that. Now, we do need to talk a little bit about money. Yes, because now how this applies to money, of course, in the part where where our discontent leads us to debt and purchasing stuff and items that leads us to have major credit card problems. So what do we do? And here's the disclaimer. I mean, we recognize that not everybody's debt is because they were discontent or because they were envying, because they were greedy. Okay, we understand that a lot of times debt is is accumulated because of life circumstances. We were a dual income family, somebody lost a job, and now they're a one income family, and it took time to recover. We get that. What we're talking about today is, in fact, 
knowing your heart and saying, you know what, I am coveting, I am envious, I am greed. We're going to just drill into that. And the effects of that is often debt. We are spending more than we're making because we're listening to those voices of coveting and envy and greed. And I have a cool tip, actually, on that piece. I know you're going to get to the practical part about money yet, but the cool Mercedes actually and I were talking about this. Write down what you covet. Mm. Write it down on a piece of paper. Then ask God specifically, what do you say about this? What do you say about this attitude I have and this thing? And see what he says. Because he's going to have a word for it. Mm-hmm. And it and it's going to be different for everybody. And he wants to bring healing. And if it's he, something right. that needs healing, God is going to bring healing. If it's something that needs to be addressed, God is going to do that. Because there, there are sometimes, uh, to be honest, I covet people's ability to travel the world. <laughs> right? I, I, is anyone with me on that one? Where, you know, they can at a drop of a hat just go and, you know, you know, travel for six or eight weeks or, or even two weeks. And, and yet at the same time, we do get away with our kids for a week or go here or there. And I have to write it down and say, Lord, and it's even if I don't have a chance to do it physically, I do it mentally. Okay, Lord, I give you this thing I'm coveting. What do you say? Uh, he tells me what's worth more and what really matters. Mm-hmm. It's the eternal stuff. That's always what he's speaking to my heart about. So that's a t- practical one to do. Great. I, I, I love that because, again, we're just allowing God to, to speak into that part. Because if we don't deal with the heart, if we don't deal with that part, then trying to, to change your spending habits it's going to it's going to be short lived right. right if we're trying to just change the habit of you know well if we don't deal with the heart we have to deal with the heart right. first so allowing god to just speak into those spots yeah that's i love that one cuz it's just such a practical mm-hmm. heart dealing with the heart so now, and if you found yourself in debt and you're like okay so i get it god's dealing with me on the heart issue at the same time you can say okay what do i need to do practically well of course step number one and we talked a bit little bit about that last show is is that we got to live on less than we make mm. so what is what does that mean for you that that's a big question because it, to figure out what it means to live on less than you make is it hey we just have to earn more income because our income doesn't support. Okay, maybe that's it. Or maybe we do need to sell the house. That's the dramatic, you know, sell the and house. We've seen some people do it willingly For to, sure. to get themselves out of the burden and be joyful and excited about it. And often when those clients are, are making those decisions, their focus is on the end goal. They're saying, listen, I'm going to sell this, I'm going to sell this, and in the end I know that the, the, all of the stuff I'm juggling, just it, that's going to go away and we're going to simplify our life, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's part of their decision-making process. And so, you know, again, th- those are kind of big things where you, you get a second job, that affects a family huge if, if that's what it is, or even your own life. Um, and then, of course, if you, if you sell the house, that's a major life mm-hmm. transition. So you don't do those things. Or you make different spending plan decisions, mm-hmm. and you sit down and really look and say, can we cut here and here and here? And those are hard, too. It, none of this is easy, and it takes a lot of courage and diligence to pursue those. And commitment. And commitment. Right? So, so yeah. we're looking at that, and I think that's the, the point I want to make today. I, and just to leave with you is just that step number one is just to commit to yourself, to God, to your spouse, if that's what it is, and say, 
we're just we're just we're going to commit to live on less than we make so let's figure that out mm-hmm. together because you have to figure that out together yeah. and and coming to that place where you can say that's that's the goal is we're going to live on less than we make because as you learn to live on less than you make then some of the other things how do we pay off debt well we have a strategy for that and it takes less than three hundred dollars a month but you have to live on less than you make to do that right right and so you know that's really key you know how do i build my emergency cushion you know what well wait wait wait, so wait, wait, many wait, wait. Times, what's an emergency cushion oh, uh, they've been listening to the show <laughs> they, but the i'm just using that as an example okay. so many times when we commit to live on less than we make and we begin to take those steps to do that in a sense one of the first things we want to do is create a little bit of cushion mm-hmm. that for those emergencies that's what we call the emergency cushion but so often as we're committing to do that that emergency cushion finds a way of filling up whether it's mm-hmm. a tax return, whether it's uh, I found 20 bucks on the road and, and I put it in the mm-hmm. emergency cushion. So many times that, that the hardest piece is that first, in a sense, two steps, learning what it's going to take to live on less than you make and then getting that emergency cushion in place so that you don't ever have to go to debt. So again. the extra money that you found now, you're, be, you're putting on the, in the emergency so that when you go have a trouble, like your car, you get stuck at the side of the road in Toronto, you have access to cash instead of your instead credit card. Instead of having to go to credit. Okay, right? yeah. So. And, and, and $1,000, $2,000 is good for that? Yeah, and, and that's, again, that's something you commit to. And we've talked about that yeah. before. We'll talk about that again. I'm just kind of referencing that today, and I want to bring that back to, you know, today we've been talking about envy, coveting, greed. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about what the antidote, one of the antidotes to that is is the, the gratitude and having, a, a, in a sense, being thankful for what we've got. Mm-hmm. and And then committing to you know what we're just we're gonna do this thing and live on less than we make and what is that going to take? Because that's a big, you know, that's 10 shows, right? Yeah, you know, that's I a, know. That's a, that's a I, lifestyle Or come to thing. our financial fitness seminar, which we have the fourth Tuesday of every month. Mm-hmm. Um, because you get the practical part of how to do the emergency cushion and all of that stuff. So. so there's the plug. Reb gets the plug in for for our uh, financial, for financial fitness seminar with more than enough. And Reb and I often lead that together. Not always, but yeah. often we lead that together. So if you, uh, you can if go you, to morethanenough.ca to find the information for that and sign up. Sign up for the seminar, and and you know that can be a great first step on the practical side. Yeah. Um, so. Envy, coveting, greed. Man, I got to take an exhale here. Yeah, but um, contentment. But contentment. And, and Christ himself said that we can find contentment in relationship with him. I love, like I said, I'm going to go back to that. that when you wrote, read from Hebrews and, and God is offering him himself. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a great way to end the show. So, Lord, we just thank you that mm-hmm. you offer yourself to us. The God of the universe, mm-hmm. the creator of heaven and earth, has said that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. And that what a, we just thank you, Lord. What an incredible promise to us. Lord, we, we know that that works out in the practical, that you say you know what we need. And so we just thank you for that. And Lord, if there, there are listeners who have a need and they're bringing them before you, Lord, we know you hear those needs. 
and, and that you're at work. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just again reveal yourself, be near to us and the listeners. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What a great time. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out with me, well, Rob. That's great. Yeah. I know. We've had a lot of guests over the spring, so this has actually been, been fun to... Uh, and uh, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. And Ray will be back with us next week, I next think. Next week? Yeah. So so Ray from Compass Canada is yeah. coming in again. He's a regular on the show, and we always enjoy the conversation around him. If uh, you need to go see archive shows, again, we've mentioned that before. Go to chri.ca. They're all archived there. Go to morethanenough.ca. They're archived there. And you can listen on the podcast on uh, iTunes. And if you do listen on iTunes, please rate it. We love the rating. It gets us a little more popular. And, and uh, that's a good thing because we think everyone should hear as Reb and I talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.